Everything was going as planned in round three as popular fantasy picks Paddy Dangerfield, Brad Crouch and Angus Brayshaw got our teams off to a flyer before disaster struck late Saturday evening during the Port v Lions match. Some rookies crashed while others stood up and when everyone's favourite fantasy son Tommy Rockliffe went down in the third, what was supposed to be an easy 2200 point week suddenly became a struggle. Three rounds in and the cream is slowly rising to the top the real premiums are putting their hand up while the pretenders have been unmasked and can be justifiably traded out of our teams. My name is Migs and this is the Round 3 FanPod40.com AFL Fantasy Wrap. Going to kick it off first of all with the FanPod40.com Team Wrap and this week we scored 2,161 which I think was a little bit above what uh, the average was there because our ranking improved by 6,000 spots to 11,546. So currently just outside the top 10,000, which we'll be aiming to get into by next round, hopefully. And the captain there was Dangerfield. We took the vice-captain loophole. You just can't be turning away on a score of 132 guaranteed. So we took that one there and ended up putting Marty Hoare as captain down in defence because he's not getting a game at the moment. Uh, the trades made from the last round, well, they didn't work out quite as planned, but they also didn't hurt us too much either. So I ended up going uh, Witherden out and Newman in, and that gave me enough cash to then go Markov in a knee-jerk reaction trade, uh, and I took advantage of Scrimshaw's low break even there from last round. So Witherden ended up with a score of 104, Newman 84, so missed out on 20 points there, and Markov 71, Scrimshaw 64. So all up, didn't miss out on too much. However, it was probably a nothing trade at the end of the day. In saying that, Markov was a bit iffy in terms of whether he was going to get another game this week or not. He did end up doing quite well, and by the looks of it, we'll talk about it later, Richmond are struggling with injuries at the moment, so he will more than likely stay in the team for the foreseeable future. And Witherden knocked up his first ton three rounds in, so he's still in the uh, mix for that top six to top eight defender status by all means. And Nick Newman was good against his old side uh, in Sydney, but look, he probably could have done a little bit better there. He went a bit stale in the fourth quarter and didn't score too much after being on track for a, for a ton uh, over the first three quarters. Uh, the plus threes and minus threes for my team this round, I'd have to say the two Jackies, Jack Steele and Billings, did exceptionally well. I have to give them plus three. Steele ended up with a 116 after knocking out Nat Fife there, but uh, he tackled his way to, the, to another ton, so he's looking good this year. He's not picking up a whole heap of possessions, but he's certainly making up for it in tackles, and he was taking a few uncontested marks. Uh, in that game as well, just sort of on the wing and across the, the half-back line as well. He's working his way back there, so he did quite well. I was happy with him against Frio and Billings as well. I didn't know if he was going to do it. He's notorious for not turning up and just scoring in the mid-90s if he is playing well, 
and it took him to, I think it was the last minute or last couple of minutes of the fourth quarter there where he kicked that goal uh, to keep St Kilda or give them a bit of hope at the end there. He ended up kicking a goal and, and um, putting himself on 108. So those two boys were great. And the other one, my plus three, has to go to uh, Liberatore, 119. For a bloke that uh, was priced in the 300s at the start of the year, I think it was around 330 or maybe a bit higher, he, uh, he was exceptional. So I'm going to give him my other plus three this week. On to the minus threes, though, and it has to be said that Josh Dunkley at the moment is a certain fail. He was tracking quite well throughout the game, but he ended up with an 85. Again, he, he's just not getting it done in terms of uh, possessions. So obviously the, not having that midfield time is hurting him. Although, again, looking at his heat maps, he is splitting his time between defence um, and the forward line. So I think it's more so the, the centre bounces that he's not attending more than anything else as much as what he was obviously in the latter half of 2018. But he's had three rounds to try and get that ton. He was priced very high. I think it was 695k or, or somewhere like that. So... Definitely within the first three rounds, you would expect a ton out of him. He hasn't done that. He does have some easy matches still coming up the next three weeks, but I don't want to bleed any more cash from him at the moment. So he's not looking good. He's on the chopping block this week for me. So negative three for Dunkley. Setterfield was the other one. I expected a bit more out of him this week. Um, so he ended up with a score of 50. He's, he hasn't done what we like him to do from a from a player that's technically not a rookie but was rookie priced um at 230k at the start of the year he hasn't exactly set the world on fire in comparison i guess to some of those port adelaide uh rookie boys for example so yeah i would, I would expect a bit more out of him at least a 60 if not in the 70s for setterfield um and my last negative three there i thought he would have took more advantage uh with uh, Burgoyne and Liam Shields out, but my last negative three goes to uh, Warple. So he ended up with a score of 60. He got off to a really slow start there, and I think he was on negative three for most of the first quarter, in fact. Um, he got going after the first quarter, but uh, look, I thought I thought he was, you know, another shorty, shorty for a 90-plus score. Could have had his uh, ton this week, um, but yeah, it wasn't to be. So whether it was the game, you know, but we're going to get that with players around that price. He is a mid-pricer, don't forget, and he's done a whole heap of good for us so far. So obviously he stays in the team still, and he's still got a well-attainable break even this week. Uh, my round two regrets. First one would have to be thinking Dunkley could finally crack the ton. That was a regret, keeping him, obviously, and moving into or moving on to that uh, was... Missing out on, on on Rosie for for the Dunkley trade. Now, that was considered, and I even did make that trade at one point during the week. Nobody knew Rosie was going to go and do that, but 121 for him, and, you know, it could have been a whole lot different. It would have, would have created a restructure in the forward line. However, you know, Rosie's got a really low negative break even this week so it would have been nice to have done that trade but that's all in hindsight anyway uh early trade thoughts for next round i'm looking obviously at dunkley and i'm also possibly looking at gibbons and Hoare going out of the team trying to fix up a couple of those rookies there 
And the other thoughts I've got also, uh, perhaps getting both or Rowan Marshall in. He's been going great for St Kilda there as their number one ruck at the moment. And possibly rookies in, we're looking at Sydney Stack and Lockhart down in defence as well. So they're just a couple of early trade thoughts. See what I can do. And I'll post up uh, my trades on Twitter come Thursday or Friday. Looking at the medical room now. So there are a few injuries here that were fantasy relevant. And we're going to start off, first of all, with Nat Fife. He's in quite a lot of teams at the moment, but he was quite heavily concussed on the weekend by Jack Steele. And it wasn't the tackle either. So it was a clash of heads in... It was quite gruesome, actually, in the way he was uh, taken off the ground. I really think they should have brought the stretcher on for him because he could hardly walk uh, getting off the ground there. So I, I'd say he'd be in yeah, a real worry to, to play this week. Um, I don't like seeing that and then players getting up for the next week, especially in his condition. Some, some concussions are obviously worse than others, but I think he would be in real doubt uh, five this week. Uh, The other one there, Robbie Gray had a left shoulder knock. They're saying it's fine. Uh, He should be right to play this week. Tommy Rockliffe was also concussed, obviously. That was the big one to come out of the weekend. Um, And just reading around at the moment, they're looking likely that he should be fine as well against the Tigers. Uh, Jaden Short is an interesting one, only because he had that uh, elbow dislocation. And he looks like he'll probably be out for a little bit, depending on how bad it is. But you'd say at least two weeks minimum with that type of thing, if not longer. And the reason why that's interesting is obviously because Sydney Stack is one of the fresh rookie faces we've got. And that only helps his job security at the moment. And add on to top of that, you would be looking at Trent Cotchen, who also has a hamstring issue and will probably be out for this week, if not longer, and also Dustin Martin possibly looking at a suspension. So that's all going to unravel over the next couple of days, those couple of boys. And yeah, Sydney Stack is looking like the main beneficiary of that. And he looked really, really good um, on the weekend. We'll talk a little bit more about him later. Mitch McGovern, he had some hamstring tightness there in the third quarter. He didn't return. You expect he'd be iffy. For the Blues, uh, Will Haywood had a broken jaw. That looked really bad, and he's probably going to be out for a while for Sydney. Uh, Seedsman, in what we thought was an ACL initially, looks to be only some bone bruising, so that's good news for him, but he's still going to be out for a while. That's another uh, definite 22 out there for Adelaide, so look for perhaps a new rookie phase to come in for him over the week. Uh, Tim Kelly... Looked like he twisted his ankle or some sort of ankle sprain as well. And it looked pretty bad there for a moment, but I think he's going to be okay. And all reports are he's going to be fine. I haven't read anything otherwise. And the other one there to come from Geelong is Mark O'Connor, the uh, rebounding defender there. He had a bit of a hip issue there in the game and he came off. And I guess the job security for Jordan Clark there, if it wasn't already... Uh, exceptionally good, only strengthens that as well. So you probably look for someone like a Zach Tui or uh, Jed Buse to potentially come back in this week, depending on their on their fitness.
Okay, moving into the break-evens this week, and we're going to go through some of the top negative break-evens and also some of the top positive break-evens to come out of the round. And we're going to have a look, first of all, at the defenders. We've got Rosie there on a negative 14, so he's quite highly priced at the moment. I think he's just a tick under 400k now, but he's still got plenty of money to be made over the coming weeks. You'd expect him to uh, top 500k within the next three or four rounds. So he's looking like a great pick. Uh, Lockhart from Melbourne looked a lot better in his second game. And you've got to remember, this is a bloke who scored, I think it was about 29 in the first quarter two weeks ago. And then he just went stale after that. So Lockhart, uh, he's got a negative two break even at the moment. And he's looking good down there as a defender. If you want to perhaps shore up um, and get out a, a Marty Hoare type player, he's still looking good. As well, Markov, who I probably can't get back in now just because I got him out. But he's got just a one break even, and his job security is looking pretty good as well with all those Richmond injuries down back. Blokes like Jaden uh, Short. Um, Scrimshaw, who I brought in this week, he's still got a two break even, so nice and low there. He's still got plenty of money to be made. And Callum Burgess is uh, slowly starting to look more and more like an AFL player for the Gold Coast and he's got a just a seven break even. So they're all looking fine at the moment for the defenders. They're your top five midfielders. Constable's got a negative 23 break even. He's a lot to start on your field still at the moment. So there's no one really pressuring him in our fantasy teams to take uh, a spot there in our midfields. If you are playing that uh, mid eight rookie at the moment, uh, Sydney Stack. He's a midfielder as well. You can pick him up, as I was just mentioning before. He's got a negative 16 break even at the moment. So he looked exceptionally good on the weekend and fitted in really well down back. Did some nice things, rebounded, and was probably the pick of the Richmond defenders, actually, I would, I would dare say. So um, as I mentioned, his job security is great. Sam Walsh, negative five still. He's going along great there for Carlton. Uh, Wagner, negative two. And Willem Drew has just a one break even. So he's still going to make us money. Don't fret too much about the Ollie Wines return. Obviously, it's, it will affect his scores. However, for the foreseeable future, at the moment, uh, Willem Drew is going to make us money, as long as he's playing, I suppose. So depends which way Port Adelaide want to go in terms of that. And we'll talk about some news from the twos in a moment about some players who might return. But it looks like his spot's safe for the moment. Um, there's not too much to report from the Ruckman break-evens. Riley O'Brien obviously played on the weekend. He's got just a 12 break-even. But he's a little bit too high-priced anyway to get in. And Phillips has a 25 who was an out over the weekend. And Lobb came in for him. Uh, in the forward line, we've got Myers. He's got a negative 10. I think he kicked about three goals for Geelong on the weekend. And look, he's looking really good up there, up forward for them. and. Again, for the foreseeable future, his his uh, job security looks quite good, as long as he keeps doing those little things. Uh, Petrocelli was good again. He's got a negative nine break even. Lockie Schultz is still negative four. Parker had a bit of a downer on his first couple of rounds. He scored a 40-something, which put him to a uh, an 11 break even. Still plenty of money to be made off of him as well, and his job security is excellent. And Moore, who was an in-for roughhead, basically, for Hawthorne. And he's got a 14 break-even at the moment in the forward line.
The top five positive break-evens now, and we've got uh, Shields still on 155. So he's, uh, he's carrying that injury at the moment, but look, he's not too relevant in our midfields there. Uh, Westhoff is, however, he's got 147 break-even. He was one of the top uh, forwards and also Ruckman to get in. Look, he's playing that forward role at the moment, so I'd expect him to have a bit of a roller coaster in terms of scores, and hopefully he does end up moving up the ground a bit further because he can be a really consistent player, as we saw last year. But for the moment, they're needing him in place of Charlie Dixon up front just to take that tall defender away. So, yeah, look look for when they do end up getting Charlie Dixon back in, then ho- hopefully that releases West off. And at that point in time, he could be a steal up in your forward lines. Uh, Seb Ross has been a real disappointment over the first three rounds, and he's got a, a 145 break even coming up for round four. And look, I... I'm not sure what the deal is with him. He's still getting his usual allotment of midfield minutes and it's it's possibly just a just a form slump that he's in at the moment. Look, blokes like Jack Steele, they've they've uh, stood up in the early parts for, for St Kilda, so look for him to bounce back and uh in the meantime, yeah, you might pick him up for a bargain um uh, in the coming weeks. Elliot Yo was another one I touched on last week. He's still got 144 break even coming out of the West Coast game. It's going to take him a little while to to warm into it after that uh, in, uh, interrupted preseason that he had. Um, but uh, look for him possibly over the next two to three rounds to to hit his straps because he can be a top flight midfielder. And again, you could pick him up at a really good price. And the fifth highest there is Coniglio, and he's got a 138 break even. So a lot of teams have got him already. He's a keeper. If you don't have him, obviously you're going to probably pick him up at a discounted price in the near future. Some news from the twos now, and I'm going to kick it off first of all with Fremantle and big body midfielder Tommy North had 26 touches and 10 tackles. Look for him perhaps to come in for a nat five if he misses this week. So. He's the front runner at the moment in the midfield there. He played really well in in the waffle on the weekend. Uh, the next one there, Geelong, Zach Guthrie had 16 touches and six marks. Could be a possible replacement for O'Connor if uh, Tui and or Buse isn't ready to go. So he did okay there, did his chances no harm. Uh, for GWS, the uh, hot rookie pick there was Jackson Haightley at the start of the year. Everyone's thinking perhaps a round one debut for him, and we could potentially start with him. He was picked number 14 in the uh, 2018 draft last year. He finished up with 27 disposals and six tackles. But the way GWS are playing at the moment, it's going to be hard for him to to break in. Uh, I think from memory, the only real injury to come out of that game was uh, Tommy Sheridan. So that was his first game for, for the Giants. So, you know... You never know, he could come in for him potentially, and he's looking like being a, being a nice rookie pickup. Um, he's going to be slightly higher than your, than your normal rookies, but, you know, he is a decent player. And also, he he should be all right for this week, but Jeremy Cameron also was carrying that, that looked like a shoulder injury or a, or a forearm injury. It was something to do with his arm. He was 
he was um yeah walking around the field for basically three three quarters. They still ended up obviously with seven goals, but um yeah he could be another one that they might that they might rest. But yeah, you'd expect him to play this week. Uh, North Melbourne had a few uh, return this week. We had Jed Anderson and Sam Wright. They both played. So just keep an eye out for Bailey Scott in that instance because um, although his, his form's been solid over the first three rounds, he had a bit of a downer in round two. But, you know, they might uh, they might choose to perhaps rest him or, or manage their, their rookies. So those two blokes are probably best 22 as well um the other one out of north melbourne there was was the uh defender tommy murphy so he collected 21 touches and also took 12 marks as well so look for him perhaps to come in and be a potential downgrade option in the coming rounds if he keeps that form up he's one to keep on your watch list uh from port adelaide there's a bit of news coming out of there over the weekend and i'm going to call this guy my boy but jack trengove he has been lighting it up over the last two rounds and he ended up with 42 touches, 13 marks, and 10 tackles for a triple-double there in the sample. Um, look, I, I really want to see this guy get put in, and I, want him, and I want to see him play decent time on ground as well for Port. It's hard to find a place for him, though, at the moment because they are playing some good footy. The good thing, I guess, for him not so much for Hamish Hartlett, was that he's been having some hamstring tightness and he didn't play on the weekend after coming back the week before. So, look, if there's anyone in doubt or if there's a form slump there, Trengove could come in. He is very, very reasonably priced in our back lines. I think he's in the 400s. So he is one to look for. And, look, if he does play decent time on ground, as I've mentioned before, he is basically a lock for a 90 average he can find the ball so have a look out for him see if he is named but uh, the other one there is also Matty Broadbent so he came back and he's and he's had 28 touches and 12 marks so in terms of backline uh, positions Broadbent probably is the pick there over Trengove um, in terms of experience as well so They'd probably go Broadbent over Trengove, I would dare say, if he's right to play. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed Trengove gets the game, I guess. Uh, moving on to Richmond, and Josh Caddy came out to play on the weekend. He played in just three quarters, and he ended up with 17 touches in those three quarters. Just keep a watch out for, I guess, Bolter in that case, um, because Josh Caddy can play that key position player, which we've seen in the past. He, he can play centre-half forward. Probably not in the back line, but um, if Dustin Martin does end up getting suspended and missing, or same with Cochin with his hamstring at the moment, they could rush him back. I don't think it'd be a smart move, but they might be forced to, to rush Caddy back to maybe play him for stints in the midfield as that extra big body there, because they're going to be missing out um, on midfield experience, obviously, over the next week or two. So he's an option there, and you can pick him up as a forward. Uh, St Kilda had uh, Nick Hine, the rookie there. He had 18 touches and a goal, which is promising for us because we're going to be looking at some rookie downgrades in the coming weeks. Hopefully, you know, we can hold or he can hold off on a, on a spot for us and uh, time it well enough for when we do need to offload those rookies and look for a downgrade option. So it's nice that he's keeping up some good form there. 
And the last one from the Bulldogs is Will Hayes, who I've been keeping an eye on the whole preseason, as most fantasy coaches have. But he ended up with 24 touches and a goal in a really promising display there. And he is a midfielder worth watching. Looking at our rookies next and also some of our pods. And I'm going to first of all kick it off with some of the, I guess, what we're going to call now the old rookies because they're three rounds in. And also some of the fresh faces we saw over the last couple of rounds or last round. And I'm going to start off with the old rookies because they're getting to a price now where some coaches, if they haven't got their break-evens in front of them, they're probably thinking, oh, you know, I can offload for a 170K rookie and I can make $100,000 here and potentially upgrade somebody. Not a full upgrade, but a little upgrade of somebody who hasn't been performing and that type of thing. So we're just going to go through some of their break-evens and whether we hold or potentially trade these guys, depending on where they're at. I'm going to start off with Constable. As I said, he's got a negative 23 break-even, an 85 uh, score on the weekend. He is a lock for your uh, starting 22, so you keep him on the ground at the moment. He's a hold. Dersma is the same. He's still only got a 14 break-even. So coming off a of 50 wasn't his best game. Obviously, he had the, the ton the week before in round two, but he's another hold at the moment. Rosie, negative 14 off 121. He's a definite hold, and if you don't have him, you're going to try and get him in if you can. Um, Willem Drew is still got just the one break even, and he he's coming off a of 48. As I said before, don't panic too much with Ollie Wines coming back in and his role. See how he goes. I'm sure you've got more pressing issues than uh, getting him out at the moment with just a one break even. Some coaches are still starting him uh, in the forward line as their as their F6. However, you should still have a few options there if you need to. You might have to start thinking about perhaps looking at the matchups with with Willem Drew and if you've got uh, Petrocelli or Parker sitting there on your forward line bench as well, rather than just locking and loading Drew there, you might have to yeah look at those matchups between those three and, and rotate them for the time being. Um, Gibbons, now he is one that could be a potential trade. He's got an easy matchup this week against Gold Coast, but he only scored 24 on the weekend, and he's got an 18 break-even now. Now, you obviously expect him to get that break-even rather comfortably. He was okay the week before, but I did expect more from him this week. And, look, he's potentially might be out of the team this week as well, just going on that form. So... Have a look when, when teams drop uh, on Friday this week, so whether he's named or not, but he would be probably the front runner for a lot of teams to try and get out for a bloke like Sydney Stack, who has that really uh, low negative break even at the moment. Look, you're going to make 100k off Gibbons. You can pocket that in the early rounds and you know get on the Stack bandwagon at the moment, who has some pretty good job security. I think that might be a popular move for coaches this week. Uh, Bailey Scott has an 18 break-even. He's still fine. Uh, 46 on the weekend was okay. You're going to get that from uh, rookie players like him, up and down scores. Uh, Bolter had a 25, sorry, yeah, 25 break-even now, and he scored 24 on the weekend. So he's playing that real lockdown role in defense at the moment. He hasn't really formed the art, obviously, of taking the cheap 
uncontested marks and getting on the end of the switches. So he's another one who you could potentially trade. But having a look at the Ford rookies, there's not a lot there unless a fresh face comes in this week. Um, yeah, you could look to trade him because he's made us, I think it's five grand. <laughs> so he's 175. I just hope he doesn't turn into your Relton Roberts and just sits there for the year and makes you no money. So he's a bit of a worry down there at forward. We really need them making cash if you have him on your bench. So I dare say if a fresh face does come in who looks good, you might uh, end up yeah, trading out him for the moment. Uh, a few other notable ones. We've got Myers on a negative 10. Job security really good and he scored a 71. And also Petrocelli with a negative 9. And he's coming up with a score of 69. He's finding his feet really well now at the moment. He's found a bit of form over the last couple of rounds. So he could be a starter potentially this round. Coming up against Fremantle at his home in front of somebody like a Willem Drew who perhaps job security or... More so, his, his job role is a bit up in the air at the moment with a few midfielders to return. So Petrocelli could be a man down there at uh, F6 if you're playing them. Uh, a couple of the fresh faces, as I've touched on, Sydney Stack, negative 16 break-even, coming off an 89. You really need to try and get him in this week, not just because of that low break-even, but because of his good job security now. Uh, Lockhart. He's got a negative two break even, and he's coming off a score of 67, which is a nice uh, turnaround there from the week before. And he did actually look really good up forward as well. He was doing a lot of the little things he was tackling as well. So he could be a good trade-in at the moment while the demons are down. Um, a couple of uh, wait and sees, I guess, uh, popped up on the weekend. We had more from Hawthorne, who scored a 43. He's got a 14 break even. And he was really just a replacement there for Roughhead at the moment. So you just wait and see on him. And also Robham from West Coast, who was a bit of a uh, fill-in for Duggan, I guess, at the moment. Down back, he did a few nice things down there. And he ended up with a 43 as well. And he's got a 14 break even also. So just keep an eye on those two blokes, I guess. If there's nothing else around, you might have a look at them. But their job security is, yeah, obviously not as strong as those who I mentioned just before in Stack and Lockhart. And also looking now at the pod ownership. So we're having a look at some of the uh, in-form point of difference players who are in a low percentage of teams and are 5% and under at the moment ownership. And the first one I want to have a look at here is Jeremy Cameron, who ended up with, I think it was seven goals on the weekend, score 147. He's in just 1% of teams. Looks like he's carrying a bit of an injury, though, so he's a bit of a non-factor, but he does have the potential to average a 90 there come season end if his form is good, and he looks like he's in ripping form at the moment. Uh, Liam Ryan there, which a lot of people were hot on in the preseason because of the new kick-in rule. He finally came good on the weekend for 136, and he's in just 1% of teams as well at the moment. So he was racking them up down there in the Fremantle back line. Had his new hairdo as well. Um, could have been a factor in it, you don't know. But, um, yeah, I suppose you just wait and see with him. He's another one who could have a bit of up and down scores depending on his role each week and depending on who he's playing. So um, I'd say, yeah, just wait and hold on him if you were looking at him. 
Uh, Jago Amira, he's getting it done. He was in the he was in the top five as well last week. He's in four percent of teams still, so he he backed it up with 132 this week, and he's looking really good uh, in the Hawks midfield. He's carrying the load for them at the moment, similar to what a Paddy Cripps is doing at Carlton. He had Liam Shields out, he had Burgoyne out, and he still got the job done. So teams haven't started tagging him hard yet. That is all is always the the potential to happen. So yeah, just keep an eye on, on what happens there with him. And obviously, as his form continues, he's going to get noticed more. I think three uh, percent. Bondempelli is at three percent, and he scored one hundred and twenty nine on the weekend, and he's been red hot form the first three rounds. Uh, I think he's got three tons in a row now. And he's playing predominantly in the midfield compared to last season where he was playing uh, or switching between midfield and forward line. So he's been playing mostly in the midfield and I dare say he's probably been taking a lot of Dunkley's minutes in the midfield as well. So he is looking good along with, you know, Hunter and McRae. All those dogs midfielders are getting the job done. Liberatore, um, they're just racking it up in the guts there. So he is definite option this year. Um, as a point of difference, just 3%. And my last one there, if you want to go a bit different in the ruck department and you don't have Grundy or Gorn, uh, Ben McAvoy is in just 2% of teams at the moment and he got it done on the weekend with 127, played really, really well. And he is a really consistent ruckman as well. So not often are you going to have a score of under 85 from him. And look, that ceiling on the weekend, 127, um, you can't complain with that. So he could be an option there for those people who are perhaps maybe trying to get from a from a Timmy English who started with a, a second ruckman that perhaps they were a bit unsure on um, and you don't have enough coin to get up to the to the bigger guys. So, yeah, you could go a McAvoy or something like that. Or perhaps if you had Sam Jacobs as well, um, yeah, his injury, his injury worries, although I think he should be back this weekend. Um, you could go him to McAvoy also. We are going to take a look at the captains now. And first of all, kicking it off with the last round captains. So these were the top five from round three. And we almost had another clean sweep of hundreds here for the top five, like we did in round two. But uh, at number five was Boak, and he ended up with a score of 118 there against Brisbane. Hunter was the only one to go under 100, and he came in the fourth spot there. He had a 94, so he was still really good. Uh, Maxi Gorn ended up with 107 in third spot. Dangerfield had that 132 there as the loophole vice captain and captain option. He had 132, and Jackie McRae uh, matched him there also with 132, and he was our number one captain option. And looking at the percentage that coaches have chosen from last round, it's, uh, it was clear to see that at least half of the competition, 50%, would have had a captain score of 132 because at number one position, we had McRae. He was in 20.8% of teams, had him as captain. And then you look at number four there, so this is from the top five, Dangerfield, 6.8% as captain, but 23% had him as vice captain. So adding up those numbers, yeah, you're looking at least 50% of the comp would have uh, ended up with a score of 132 doubled for the week. Uh, number two was Grundy at 11.6%. So people are still backing him in. 
And here's a nice option this week as well against Timmy English. And we'll have a look at some of those captain options in a minute. Um, And number three, Tommy Rockcliffe would have burnt quite a few people. 7.5% had him, which is unfortunate. You can't help that. But uh, look, you move on and try and pick a better captain this week. And at number five was uh, Paddy Cripps at 6.3%. Okay, And, and he's going to be a good option this week also, which we'll move on to now. So round four captains I'm liking the look of at the moment. And I'll start in number five position with Paddy Cripps. He's got 103 average against Gold Coast. And at the moment, they are leaking points, Gold Coast, even though they are playing good footy and they're, they're winning. But... They are leaking points, especially in the midfield. There's no tag going on there, which Cripps has to deal with week in, week out. So look for him to have a blinder. There's no one really to match up on him either. Like most teams probably don't have anyone anyway. But um, yeah, I'm, look, he's just, he's an absolute warrior and, and he's getting it done at the moment. And he's got 117 average at Metricon Stadium as well. So he's looking good there to turn up at a very minimum. Uh, Lockie Neal's been in hot form over the last couple of rounds, and he plays Essendon this week, and he fills my number four position for captains. He's got 107 average against the Dons and a 92 average at the MCG. I'm liking the look at him purely based as well on his form over the last couple of weeks. And again, Essendon aren't known for tagging either. He'll probably go head-to-head with someone like Hevel. Uh, In third spot... Uh, I like the looks of Adam Trelaw, another one who's been in, in hot form. He plays the Bulldogs this week, and it's going to be a good hit out uh, in the midfield there. I think all those midfielders are going to, going to go head-to-head, and he'll probably go uh, head-to-head with someone like a, a Bontempelli or or someone like that. They, they won't see each other all day. They'll just play off each other. So he's got 108 average against them, which is nice, and also 107 average at the MCG. So if you've got him in your team and you want a safe captain option for 100, Trelaw's your man this week. My number one and two haven't changed from last round because Paddy Dangerfield in number two spot, he's got a 112 average against uh, the Giants and 114 average at the Cattery. He does love playing there. Cannot knock his form over the last couple of weeks. He's playing uh, huge midfield minutes at the moment. He's not spending too much time up forward, but he is floating forward. We did see him take a few marks forward, but he's not predominantly playing down there. So, yeah, lock him in for another great score this week. And number one, McRae, he's playing Collingwood, and the Collingwood midfielders are known to just run off their man, and a lot of teams do score quite well against Collingwood. A lot of of midfielders do. So 114 average he has against Collingwood and 118 average at the MCG. So McRae's just going to run around those uh, big wings, I think, and take a lot of plus sixes against Collingwood. Um, And he's my number one pick again this week. We're going to move on with some Twitter talk now. And there's a couple of questions that have come my way over the uh, last few days. And one of them was... (laughs) Feeling like I'm missing out on Lockie Whitfield. Do I just trade a primo to help get him in this week or perhaps opt for a two-week operation to get him in? Look, it does feel really bad, and I haven't got Whitfield at the moment, and I do want him in after that 166 on the weekend. 
he might get a bit more attention over the cup over the coming weeks and he has shown in the past that he can struggle with a tag however he is a definite must-have at the moment he's number one in my power ranking charts for the defenders and he is definite one or two they're going head to head with uh with lloyd uh by the end of the year so if you can get him in look to trade a primo out to get him it's it's basically a sideways sideways trade because you're going to have to trade a really good primo out to get him in unless you have a lot of cash in the bank at the moment which not a lot of teams do um but i would probably if you if you really want to get him in i'd I'd go for the, the two-week operation uh, method in that you're trying to get out a, a couple of rookies over the next couple of weeks to try and help feed that um, upgrade to try and get him in your back line. So, you know, someone like a Gibbons this week to a Sydney stack, there's a hundred grand there. Um, and then another one next week or, or a couple of rookie downgrades this week while you still can. Um, and teams... I guess, aren't doing a lot of upgrading at the moment um, of their rookies because they still have low break-evens. So you can still do those sorts of trades to try and get those low break-even rookies in to try and help aid and get a Lockie Whitfield-type player in over the next one or two weeks. So, I mean, ditto goes for, for Boke as well down the forward line. He's at a price now where teams are struggling to, to you know trade out another premium just to get him. Um, the one you'd probably look at there is, is Dunkley to try and get to him, but still that's $120,000 now to try and get up to him. So, you know, that might be a two-week operation for a lot of teams as well. So I would say don't trade the Primo out. Opt for the two-week operation. See how he goes this week again. He's probably going to kill it. But look, yeah, you can't go trading out premium players who are performing um, to try and get him in. Look, you, you just got to wait it out, I think. And the other one there is, uh, other question I had was, even if my rookies have only made a small amount of cash, do I still try and get a low break-even player in this week, like a Sydney Stack type of player or rookie? Um, look, as I said, doing someone like uh, a Gibbons whose job security might be up in the air now after his form, um, even though he's got a, an attainable break-even, he you know, may not have another good game, he may do, but a break-even of 18 isn't the best when you're looking at a negative 16 break-even that uh, Sydney Stack has. So I would say yes in some cases, although there are quite a few players who, or quite a few rookies who uh, you wouldn't touch at the moment still. But I think Gibbons is the, the, the exception if you do want to try and get him in because he's got two things going for him, Sydney Stack. He's got the job security now and he's also got the low break-even. So there aren't a lot of rookies on the horizon that I can see. And as I was just mentioning before, there are still a lot of teams who are not doing those upgrades at the moment. We're not looking at upgrading until, you know, round six, round seven, cashing in these, these rookies uh, traditionally. So if you can do it now and make 100 grand on the side, knowing that Sydney Stack's probably going to do the same over the next couple of weeks, then you probably get him in. So that's that's the exception to the rule there. If you don't have anything else in your team to do either, so if you haven't got any injuries or you haven't got any form issues, 
um, you're in a pretty good spot to do those types of things. So yeah, you can if your if your team's travelling along quite well in other areas. I think that's fine. And that's round three all wrapped up. Thanks for listening in, guys, and I hope you dodged your fair share of bullets this round. And if not, it's still early days, so do not panic. A reminder each week that we update the website fantasy resources section and have just uploaded the post-round three power rankings, along with some break-evens, informed pod players, and our top five captain selections for the upcoming round. Go and check it out now at fanpod40.com where you can download all our other fantasy podcasts throughout the season. If you have any fantasy-related questions through the week, you can hit us up on Twitter with the handle at fanpod40, and we'll be more than happy to answer those questions on the next episode of the podcast. So keep them coming, people. Best of luck for round four. Remember, if your primos have been duds over the first three rounds, it's time to offload before they bleed any more cash. They've had more than enough opportunity to prove themselves. Thanks again, coaches, and I'll catch you all next Monday. Thank you.